Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's my honor to have Steve Day with me here today. Uh, Steve is a dear friend and somebody I resonate with most because he's a true salesman, an entrepreneur, and his life's taking him up and down, and I want to share some of those with you and what inspires him today to be so successful. Uh, Steve, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank We've been kind of, we arranged this a few times, and laws of the universe, we had to keep cancelling until we saw today, right? See what you do today. Yeah. And uh, today is going to be an interesting day because in about 16 minutes, the U.S. stock market opens and we predict, or I predict, it's going to drop by at least 10%. So we're going to see a potential trillion dollars knocked, knocked yeah, off the yeah, stock yeah. today. So um, I've got Oday here who's keeping an eye on the... But knowing Oday, in about 15 minutes, his battery will run out of his uh, laptop <laughs> and right dead on half past five, it'd be eh, eh, nothing happening. So uh, welcome, my friend. Thank you. Welcome, Thank my friend. Thank you very uh, much. Just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you come from. You have to tell us your age, um, where you come from, and uh, you've always been an entrepreneur. Just tell us a little bit about history. Uh, from the UK, just tell us a little bit about that. Sure, yeah, no problem, yeah. Yeah, originally from the UK, south of England. Um, came from a middle-class background. Um, very fortunate to have uh, recovered as a family through um, various aspects, but inherit along the way a wonderful stepfather who made my mum complete. Um, I have one brother, we're a small family. Are they still with us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My father's no longer with us, unfortunately. But, well, not in the body, but he's in soul, he's looking at us. And very much taking care of me. Um, I have a brother who's two years younger than me, with very close we're very we're blessed there's no doubt about it we're very lucky some brothers you know some families are you find it tough to go through their journey you know we're extremely well connected and uh, sometimes even know when each other's thoughts when distance is you know so far apart mum and my brother are both in the UK um, I was supported very well I joined the forces at first thing I ever wanted to do when I was when I left school um, found it wasn't exactly what it was supposed to be on the tin, as they say. And whilst I learnt an awful lot that, you know, along the, you know, the first the time that I was in there about self-discipline, being able to look after myself, pushing yourself into areas that you wouldn't, feel, you know, outside of your comfort zone. How to get over that 12-foot wall? I use that reference every day. You know, the first hurdle they throw at you is getting six guys over a 12-foot wall. And I'm never the tallest, but I'm, you know, I'm certainly not the shortest. And you know, the logistics of that is is a challenge in itself. But you have to do it. And as I say, I refer to that a lot in business because there's always a challenge. You've got to find a team and the right people around you to make it happen. You know, otherwise, you're just going to be you, you're, you're effectively failing. Okay, you're going to learn as you go through the whole exercise if, again and again and again, but. You know, it's about speed of processing, understanding the requirements, speed of processing what's needed and delivering it. So I kind of use that mantra from the ages 16 to 18 now through to the age I am at the moment. Um, and it's been, it's been good for me. You know, I've had, as I say, I've been lucky enough throughout the chapters of my life to learn a lot. Academically, I wasn't the greatest. You know, I um, but I was a sponge for information, and as I go, as I progress through, obviously a complete career change. I'd only ever grown up wanting to be in the army, so I didn't know what else to do. From how old to how old? Being I was sixteen to eighteen. I was in the army. That was it. So just really, a, you know, a youngster. So you were a child, really. Yeah, effectively. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you like to think you're more, and obviously mm. the army manned you up. But yes, you are still only young. You know, there's. A, and, and to be thrown into, you know, Iraq and situations like that. So you served in Iraq? I didn't, no, I didn't. Yeah, but, the, you know, they were, they were calling up at that time. 
you know it's just like and 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 obviously seeing the stories around the wars that have happened prior to that and youth being called up and various you know other uh, even elderly guys you know girls of my age going into the, into war it's just certainly the more I've learned about it I'm less a fan of it you know it's not something that um, should be encouraged there's ways to solve these kind of things the world's a small place now people are becoming more approachable um, you know once we take down the barriers of greed and religion and everything else and prejudice and ignorance absolutely yeah ignorance is the biggest thing it's one of the things again you know when swallowing a few honesty pills today but it's one of the things that I call I came over here with no doubt and I called it island mentality you know, even you know at my middle-aged time you know coming into the region it was I was I felt I was particularly racist look at brexit right yeah we all know it's the worst thing that could happen to England to be standalone and you know it's, they'd be a lot more powerful to be part of the European Union and still the island mentality was it is very much island we, mentality yeah yeah and I, 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 I had a deal this morning exactly the same thing is and you know no extension of credit whatever well if you're going to continue to shrink your opportunity it's not going to happen by you know bring standing by brexit standing by your uk policies and everything then there is going to be a restriction in the market so okay my, pers my, my personal opinion is that for 500 years england taxed the world mm-hmm um, rightfully so, they invaded the place, you know, oh, in the Shinta. Yeah. And, you know, we taxed Canada, America, India, Australia. So, although there's not much manufacturing left, there's a huge financial um, benefit to the UK because they have a lot of money. Yeah. They have a lot of cash yes, they're sitting on. Absolutely. Because they taxed all these richest countries. You know, still, the Commonwealth. still the strongest bank in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think the whole of the UK or the majority of the UK is just in London. Mm. And the and the financial side of things. Well, then you, you look at um, evolution. You know, you look at the way that co um, countries evolve, um, industries evolve. You know, the industrial revolution, which UK was you know the centre of the world for. Then, as you know, as industry changes, becomes services, various other you know strengths and weaknesses from country to country. Um, we'll become in a smaller place now. Yeah. It, it makes businesses portal rather than natural businesses. And if we can unify the strengths of each of these countries, that offering the same level of service, the same level of you know, servicing the customer's requirements and giving customers exactly what they need, then um, it doesn't you have prosper. To. Yeah, exactly. Everybody prospers. Sure. Because there are skill sets that some countries, as I say. Yeah, Dubai is 50 years old. I know it's traditionally a lot older than that, but in the way that Dubai has evolved, it's 50 years old. You know, the evidence, again, it was under the British rule, wasn't it? Before that. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you go all the way back to you know the evolution of, if I just say the last 150 years in London, you know, there's 500 years there. You know, since prior to the plague, and you know, all the architecture yeah. and everything has been there for hundreds of years. You know, this. I mean, it's a phenomenal journey that we're on. You know, and the rate of knots that Dubai has come come out of the sand is phenomenal. But it's how long have you been in Dubai now? Fifteen years now. Yeah. Uh, from the army, did you go straight into being an entrepreneur? No, I went. Well, actually, I was an entrepreneur before I went in the army. Me and my brother had a car washing business. We were lucky enough to have a drive in and a drive out on the on the property that my mum and dad owned, and we literally put a board outside. Saying, so you were trading from your house car washes for a pound, hand car washes, because everybody was using auto car yes. washes then, uh, for a pound. And they used to scratch the cars, right? So hand yeah, wash yeah. was so much more trusted. Every weekend, we would just be, we. I mean, as a kid, the only way you could make money was paper rounds. Sure. I had two paper rounds that I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning for, close them out by eight o'clock, and then um, people are then going to get their papers or their groceries or whatever, eight o'clock in the morning, and we've got, the, we've got the car wash already set up. Yeah, and making more so, so working hard that's what you've always done yes and you still do right yeah you you have because i know you work your ass off every day yeah thank you yeah yeah i do uh i'm i'm 
I'm not a fan of losing that life balance. I'm not going to say work-life balance because everybody says that, and it's. No, but if really you're passionate about what you do, there is no, no exactly. job, is there? There's no You've work. You've got to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, as and life balance is you know work is work, sleep is sleep. You know, two thirds of your day, a normal day, would be taken up by those two subjects. True. So then you have to look at okay, so what is my balance? And with you know the gig economy now as it is, rather than an, an employment economy, you can actually get up at four o'clock. I'm a morning person. I'm I'm. You know, what time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, Five thirty. Yeah. And then, what do you have a routine? Is that does that come from your army times, or have you always been like that? Yeah, because you get a yardstick across your legs at five thirty in the morning if you're not up. So uh, yeah, so it's from the army times. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You've always been like that, always even been in your twenties, thirties. Yep. Wow, amazing. yeah, yeah, never changed. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, so that served you well. That yeah, discipline yeah, exactly. served you and well. Then, uh, my my uh, business partners call me the Duracell Bunny because first thing in the morning I'm. I'm pro, I'm 100% charged. You know, everybody's you know looking for their first, second, third cup of coffee and uh, wondering, pondering how they're going to get through the day. I've already done a business plan and you know I'm, I'm on to the next subject kind of thing. Yes. You now I'm really alert in the mornings. When you plan your day, do you plan what could go wrong also, or is it just positive, 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 and you deal with the negative as it comes along? Or what kind of planning do you do for the day? Um, yeah, by nature I'm a positive person. I'm always looking for the positives in anything. And in fact, we had a brief discussion prior to this in, in discussion that um, today was a day that is a day I prefer because it started off bad uh, and then got good as the day went on. It's continuing to go good. And it was about solving the problems. You know, there was a whole myriad of problems that were thrown at me this morning. You know, school shutting down, what are we going to do with the education system now? What am I going to do with my child? So it wasn't a, a business related, it was just out the blue personal stuff. No, right? this was... And then it affects your business. Before I've got into the office, and then the office is saying, oh, we've, this client's now decided he's going to pull out. We found out that he's, he's given the LPO to another you know, one of our competitors, da, da, da. It, was, it was a big deal, Steve, you need to, you know, address the client, because obviously he's your client. <laughs> and I said, yes, no problem. You know, we've got to work through these things. What have we done? What have we not done to make him, you know, to make for, him for the client to go somewhere else. else? Absolutely right. And it turned out it was just a, a financial deal. I couldn't match the price and everything. So I wasn't prepared. So you take it, you take it in the line. And then, uh, as you say, when you, there's contingencies that you'd have in place already in your mind. You don't want to make them apparent because obviously if they're in the open space, then yes. that by your body language or by whatever other means, you can end up making that an issue to closing a deal or even continuing your day. So, right. Would you say that's your strength, selling? Yeah. Because you're not just selling products or services, you're selling to your staff, you're selling the vision, you've got partners, investors suppliers am i right you're selling all the understanding time. i think is, is selling is something i'm natural i've got in within my dna there's no doubt of that i enjoy selling i'm passionate about selling um understanding exactly what i sell is something that i am more uh, more focused on because i've always in my to try and you buy a car and somebody will sell you a car and say it's got four wheels, it's got four seats, bonnet, nice shiny blue colour and white seats because that's what you really wanted. You know, that's, to it's me, that's average, order, that yeah. is 65% of your sales guy. Yes, yes. Right? There's a need, you fulfill and, and, tick the boxes. And no disrespect to anybody in the room, okay? They're just ticking boxes, exactly. you know? And it's like a multiple order choice question. They're not sales, but they're yeah, Exactly. So, you know, what? When I'm going to sell a car, I ask him, what do you want the car for? Is it for your passion? Is it for actually because you've just increased the size of your family? How old are your kids? All of that kind of stuff. So I'm getting right under But well, here's the thing, before we go any further, you actually care about the answer, don't you? Mm. You're not, again, going through your checklist of uh, questions. You're engaged, right? I want this the customer what I to go away happy. Because you care about the client. Yeah. And exactly that. And I yeah. care about the fact that we and they both feel that you care. Yeah. yeah. Once they know that you care, trust builds, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. And then they ask for your advice. Yeah. Rather than say, I'll take it, or this is what I want, take me to that car. Right? Because when they ask for your advice, that means there's trust built. Now, in the, in the, 
if I can go into the specifics of my Please. role now, um, there would be, using that as an example, a customer would ring me and say, I, I've got a specification for ceilings because they're above us all, okay, and I need you to provide me that ceiling. And I'm going to say, okay, so what's your budget? It's going to go 25 dirhams a square meter. So, well, that gives you this, this, this options, that's it. If it's budget driven, if you want it to look fantastic like this with acoustic performances and with inbuilt lighting or whatever options, then we need to either look at how we can stretch your budget, or we can we're just going to have to accommodate what you know. What's the what's the driver in this? So, the driver isn't budget really. It's because I want it to look nice, but I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to look at ways that I can save money. Okay. Well, I don't just supply the ceiling. I supply the walls. I supply the floor, and I supply the furniture. What's most important to you? you know, we can do a decorative ceiling if you're willing to. If if you're only going to be sat in here one week, one day a week, then there's no point in spending a, you know a lot of money on the seating, Rolls Royce seating, Rolls Royce furniture. You know, if it's more important that you want acoustic performance, there's no echoes in the room. You can hear people clearly. All of that kind of stuff. So, understanding the customer's requirements, and not just on one product, being able to work out how you can expand, where you can roll up, where you can cross-sell, all of these buzzwords that people tend to use. So you educate your customers, right? You educate yeah. them, you get them to think outside the ceiling, right? My, my and think about the walls and the decor and the usage. Well, you're just sowing seeds because they're, mm -hmm. then they're, looking, they're trusting their consultants to provide that information for them and get an understanding of their requirement. Yeah. Now, my... Um, you know, as an asset, my customers then look at me and say, well, actually, we did. they always say this, and this is what I love about me and my the way I am. They will say, we didn't know you could do that. We didn't know that you can offer that. We didn't know, because you never asked. There's then, you, you, you didn't trust me until I gave you a solution. Now you want to trust me on everything. And the thing is, customers don't, do they? Because they have a requirement. Especially here. It's up to you as the consultant, not the seller, the consultant, to educate them. And tell them about what you do and that's why they they love and trust you that's why again we want to go through losing and gaining yes that's why very quickly you gain again you get yourself back on your feet and you prosper because you got that human connection you care about your customers yeah and again um, I was fortunate enough to have been given um, the role of with a UK PLC so I was fortunate enough to be given 3,000 brands and I'm gonna I'm gonna if we could swap seats because we would be on if we weren't on camera I'd actually do this to you right because role players half the half the connection as well right that's all we talk about, about roleplay. It's boring. It's boring. It's boring. But you do it. You do it. You do it. And in the office, it costs nothing. Two thousand and seven. I sold everything in the UK to come over here because I believe this place was was the op. I got this. I'm a huge believer in my gut feeling. Okay. I sold everything. I had a successful business in the UK. Two, four cars, two houses. Not quite as many cars, but you know, I was in a good place. Um, I just met my ex-wife, um, so again, personally, I was in a good place, and I was actually I'd secured a contract for Dubai Aluminium from the UK, having never been to see them, right? Because they were all a very they were a very mechanical business, it's quite it's very specialist, and you know heavily cash supported by the gov government. Sheikh Mohammed's baby at yes. the time. So, okay, great place to be as a salesman. And it wasn't Mickey Mouse, it was $3 million, the first deal. So, you know, I'm straight, straight off the plate, okay? Better go and see what's going on in Dubai then. So, I don't, I, I, the business in the UK was a medium-sized business. Um, so I thought, I'll, I'll give it a go. Jumped over here, sounded it out. Within six months, created the company, found a factory off and going and said to my girlfriend at the time, I'm off to Dubai. And she said, uh, what about me? I went, you know it's the right thing to do, it just won't feel like it at the minute, mm -hmm. right? Trust me, it's the right thing to do. We, we're gonna do this together. It didn't go down, it wasn't as easy as that, but we were both on the plane, right? And um, then sold everything up in the UK to put down the money to set up the business here. 
Um, ten years later, we were at $187 million. Right? And that was... The first three years, we were in a holding position because the company, you know, the economy had crashed and nobody really knew what they were going to do. And I, I was running an industrial supplies business. So basically, three years in, the economy's crashing, UK's wondering what they're going to do, the business is in a holding position. What happens from there? So, okay. So, I'm going to, I'm going to expand my portfolio. What, what am I going to do? We're going to move all of the equipment to China. We're going to sell to China all the stuff that you've actually had in your stable that's creating new revenue. It's going to China because it's where low-cost manufacturing is, and it's the right thing to do. Hurt me like hell because all of a sudden now I have got to go. I'm a I'm a survivor, and as a PLC, I'm a statistic, right? And then, and the most remotest statistic. So all of a sudden, I've got to find a way that I've got to create revenue that keeps me in the lifestyle I'm accustomed to and allows me to grow personally. How long like did you I have? Want to grow. How long did you have? I didn't even give me a time. From 100, nearly 200 million to zero. Yeah, so I'm then Overnight. stuck in the middle of nowhere. Right, here we go, we've, we've pulled out, there's no financial support, we're collecting all our debts, you're at zero, I'm at ground zero. Okay, so what do I do? I actually rung my top 10 customers, and I said, um, do I stay or do I go? And they went, no, you're staying. We need to give you some work, Steve. It's as simple as that. We need you here. Because they trust you, liked you. Because and they weren't I'd gone let through you. that first hurdle of doing the relationship. They now cons they use me as a consultant. I'm actually building another layer on my business now, which is consultancy, because I, I've been doing it for free as part of my offering. And I, know, I now need to monetize that because I can't keep doing that. You know, they're still getting the benefits of the downstream. Well, I guess at the end of the day, you get benefit because when you advise, they, they buy your products, right? It's win-win for me, of course. Mm -hmm, exactly. I'm creating my own pipeline. Exactly. Yeah. So that was three years ago, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you built it up again. Yeah, and we're back at 30 million we closed out last year from, a, from zero. And uh, pipelined is already 48 million for this year. It's and people are talking about downtime, Steve's growing at 50% a year, mm. from zero to 48 million. Yeah, year on year. Is that valuable? Is this valuable? Right, and how many years? 13 years here, right? You've been here 13 years. Yeah, 14, yeah, yeah, 14. So, so if somebody listens to you, they save themselves about $230 million of 14 years experience and pain sometimes. Yeah, and along that way, as I say, I mean, I, I can't thank the PLC enough for giving me the opportunity to learn about so many products, 3,000 product lines. So when, as part of the consultants, as part of the PLC, they would come to me because we set up an impartial business here. Un traditionally, unlike any other business here where they want to claim the exclusivity with the manufacturer and expect the sales to come to them, we turn it around the other way completely. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be exclusive to anybody. I would then go and hunt the so business have the freedom. and give them the solution. Mm -hmm. So for each of... Because if you've got exclusivity, <coughs> they've got you, haven't they? For each of the yeah. senior solutions that you've got, though if we've referred to that, you know, I had seven or eight manufacturers that I could give best practice to the customer. Mm -hmm. Even though they've paid a consultant an exorbitant amount of money to mm -hmm. deliver what their understanding of it was, by the time it comes through the main contractor who's looking to cut to budget because he wants that's where he's going to make his money and the semi-contract uh, the subcontractors are going to do exactly the same they all need to make their margins through the supply chain customer never really gets what he wants you know it may look good on the skin but underneath it all and the thing is price is a smoke screen isn't it they don't really mean it just they just don't want to get a bad deal they want a competitive they, they get it don't they they just say it because they don't want to pay the, the highest price. This is what I say to my staff. People says the m number one uh, requirement is the cheapest, but nobody wants the cheapest, no. right? They just want a good deal. They don't want to get screwed, am I right? Absolutely right. And, 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 and weak salespeople go for the cheapest. And this is why, um, you know, the, doing, adopting the policy that we did about becoming non-exclusive, we would then get in, we'd have the, you know, training, Again, from being a passionate sales guy, you've got to understand the product. 
You, you can't just go on paper, it's this, this, this. And when I was a kid, people used to call me Stato because I used to read, or Top Trumps, that was my nickname, right? So if you had Top Trumps cards, I would actually know every single Memorize number. Memorise it. Wow. And, and as the cards were coming down, knew what was I coming. knew what was coming. I knew what I was coming up against. And that's almost, in a, in a weird kind of way, and I've got goosebumps just well saying that. Exactly. It's, it, because it's giving... But here's the thing, you invested time. You didn't switch off at six o'clock no. and go home. You invested time, right? And it's serving you now because you, you were committed. 20 million of my sales last year were through uh, Sangaban and Jitrock products, okay? In 2007, when my daughter was born, and I was going through the two hour sleep periods, right? To keep myself awake, I was reading the white book, which is the most boring book you'll ever read in your life, I'll tell you. But it gave me an understanding, and to this day, I still know exactly how many boards are needed for a two-hour fire rating, for a one-hour fire rating. So when I'm walking in a consultants and they're saying, oh, we, we've been told, and in fact, the cinemas at the minute, which is a huge thing with the Saudi investment fund, you know, there's 800 screens they're gonna be opening up in Saudi in the next five years. I've, I've got all of the manufacturers' systems up here with the prices for each one of those systems. And I'm in a framework agreement with them at the minute, trying to work a framework agreement with them to to run the distribution for one of the manufacturers. Well, Al Hoker Group, which is the Saudi Arabia's biggest entertainment company, is my client, so I can introduce you. Yeah, I'm, working, so I'm doing a framework with MAF at the minute on right. Fox Cinemas. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So, give me three three key uh, ingredients to being an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur. Oh, uh, passion, obviously, and and, it, and you've got to be able to take the knocks. You've got to know when to uh, being positive. Look at everything in a positive way, because it's never going to be easy. Um, I don't know. There's a secret, really. It's just you just got to know not. Were you born with it? Not to give up. Um, I think it is in my DNA to a point, yeah. Because so many people haven't, you know, known my story, most of my customers, big, I mean, some of these guys are huge customers, you know. Um, they were like, we'd have given up. You know, taken over, but um, one of the, I won't mention the names to protect the innocent, but, you know, one of the biggest construction companies in the UAE was the biggest, um, probably still is, if they ever actually really looked into it. You know, 60,000 um, staff and have you know, now been had shares acquired by Sheikh Mohammed, so they're obviously planning f how they're going to go past 2020. Wow. You know, their CEO, their MD, and the whole of their senior project team. The first time I went back in there after the, the PLC withdrew, they all made a point of coming into the office to see me. Say hello. Which I was like, wow, that's really humbling. You guys are, you know, they're always in the top 10 in the construction boards, always. And um, top three even, you know. So it narrows it down quite a bit. But, uh, you know, it's quite humbling. Because humble. of those three reasons, three reasons. And Positivity, it, uh, passion, yeah. Exactly, and, and the fight. And they've said, mm -hmm. we need to give Steve something. You know, the amount of work he's done for us, do you know what I wrote down? You're very humble. You've had it. You've had lows, haven't you? I've learned to be humble. Yeah, it's those downtimes that make you living. I was gratitude. quite arrogant a while, no. a while ago when I was on the top of the wave, the 180 million. You know, I, I became quite arrogant at that point, and then I realised that I've built all that up with a brand name. You know, with a company that was supporting me. It wasn't just me. I thought yes. it was just me. It was, you know, I did. I did a lot. I contributed a lot, but yes. it wasn't just me. And then how I low did he get? How low did he get? If you don't mind sharing it. With yeah, no, it was very low. Yeah, I, I, I had savings in the UK, assets, and I got down to my last five hundred dirhams. I couldn't even afford a ticket home. I remember sleeping in the car, uh, in the UK, and. I couldn't afford the engine to run. Yeah, to keep so I had warm. To, to keep warm. Mm. I had to keep, switch it on, switch it off, switch it on, yeah. switch it off. Because if I had it running all night, I would have no fuel in the morning. No, I must admit, I, I never, 
And you, you know, and the thing that drove me the most was my daughter. I didn't want to leave. I wasn't going to leave her. You know, I'm, we're now separated, by the way, my, my ex-wife and I. And uh, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, but I, was I know your ex-wife, and yeah. she loves you as a, as the father you are. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> um, and you know, the fact that I wasn't going to leave my daughter and leave her in a situation, I had to just keep going. And it doesn't matter what your challenges are in your life, in your role or in your life, you've got to look for that beacon. And it's beyond you, isn't it? Of course, it's it is. about something else. Definitely. You know. Not going to sound too kind of holistic, but I was out there, you know, walking the dog last night. Beautiful sky with loads of broken clouds, and um, full moon coming through the middle of the clouds. And I was, I took a picture and I sent it to everybody. Saying, "How do you interpret that? It's like the half glass, didn't send it full, to me. half empty." Sorry, no, put me on your buddy list. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know, how do you interpret that? It's a, it's a beacon. It's a sign. It's another change coming through. However you want to interpret it. You know, it's like... Yeah, but you decided to see the beauty of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Some people were saying, oh, summer's coming. Oh, God, you know, it's going to rain, cloud seeding. Uh, yes, but you saw the beauty of it. And that, yeah, exactly. That choice. can make a change to somebody's day, you know. And when I'm going into the meeting with that person that I've sent that to three months down the line, you know, he's going to give me that extra five minutes. You know, he's going to say, or he's going to ask the question, why did you send that? And it's like... I just got this feeling that I needed to share it with you. Were you going through a bad time? Were, you know, I don't know. It, it just creates that that extra layer again. I always say it's that emotion. Yeah, because we're all exactly we're all emotional people. We're we're going through this evolution now where you have to take down the barriers. You've got to. Um, there is a certain level of professionalism that you you have to maintain. There's no doubt of that because obviously that's where your respect and your integrity comes from. But then yeah, you, you can then take that. Close. You need to have to close deals. Absolutely. You professionalism, yeah. right? And then, and then, from that, then you can take the additional courses. Which, um, you know, there are some courses I've been lucky enough to attend that are game-changing courses. You know, negotiation courses that. Do you still go on courses? Yeah, I mean, it's constant we, education. I'm a sponge. You know, just anything I can learn in a day, whether it's. On online learning with Lola because it's stuff I'd forgotten, or how to close a deal commercially with 64-page, you know, document that come out of PLCs that don't want to pay you. <laughs> you got to find you got to find ways because at the end of the day, you, it's all well and good selling stuff. If you're not going to get paid, it's not a sell until you paid. If you lose it all again today, how long would it take you to make it again? Um, I know it's, it's a good question. No, I, think I know it's, it's exhausting, right? But it'll take me a month. Yeah, no. I'd, it'll take me a month. I think I'd probably look at evolving it even further because I'm, you know, I've still got that energy. You wouldn't want to just turn around and say, "Okay, I'm going to replicate it again." I'd actually be asking, "What can I do better?" Wow. Yeah. Do you know what I do? I um, it being being a like a CEO, or whatever, it's a lonely place. Yeah. So what I do is, whenever I go on appointments, I have an imaginary child of mine, one of the four sitting next to me <clears throat> and I pretend or imagine they're judging me and they're viewing me and they're monitoring me and they'd be like would I am I proud of my dad here or would I be embarrassed <coughs> and if it's if they say I'm proud of my dad I've done a good job so whether they're with me or not I always make them judge me if that makes sense yeah yeah because I want my legacy is that my kids are proud of what their dad did whether they're here or not, yeah? Absolutely. So that beacon that you mentioned doesn't literally have to be with you all of the time, yes? Um, and that keeps me on the straight and narrow. It makes me do the good things because I feel I'm being judged by my kids. No, it's a great thing to do. I, I, um, I'm a firm believer that we're, by, we're a byproduct of our parents. Your kid's very smart, though. She's very cheeky. Yeah. She's got a lot to say for herself. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where she gets that from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. No, so um, entertaining. Where does she get that from? Yeah, exactly. Was it from you? Was it from you? Because your, your ex-wife's talkative and she's... Yeah, no, I mean, she's, she's a, I mean, a very evolved soul. She's... Isn't she? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I mean, 
academically, she's you know, both of us weren't the greatest, but we're you know we're very good at what we do. She's creative. That's her. her she was teaching me sales and marketing. In two minutes of meeting, she was teaching me sales and marketing. Did I tell you that? No, she likes to tell. Yeah, she was like, actually was quite pissed off with me actually because I wasn't buying into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, your sales staff shouldn't be on mobile phones, and she was like, and they should. They stand here for eight hours. They should be on mobile phones. I was yeah, like, no. yeah, no. She was very, very adamant. I said, well, and I tried to explain, and I was going nowhere. So what if customers go by and they're on the mobile phone and they feel like they're interrupting them and everything? She didn't want to know. Hmm. So okay, I quit. I walked off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was, she must have like behind me going, asshole. <laughs> I, I got that no, feeling. No, 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 no. I'm just joking. But yeah. she was like, oh, old fart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's an old soul. Yeah, yeah very definitely. confident. Very, very confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as I say, I'm, I'm blessed with both the kids, really, because I say they're, um, you know, Brandon's my stepson, but he's obviously grown up from a young age with me uh, as his mentor, his father, you know. How old is he? He's 20 now. Yeah. Wow. Back in, speak to him all the time. Back yes. in London, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. I speak, I speak to him as much as he'd allow me to speak to him, yeah. as any 20 year old would. Yeah, they want to do their own he's thing. He's like, no, sorry dad, I'm, I'm, I'm all weekend I'm going to be, he won't tell me what he's up to until it's just the right time. Yeah, I was in Amsterdam. I was like, okay, that's why there was 48 yeah. hours radio silence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to know what they want you to know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and, and, and they, you know, kids grow older, they become more confident because of what, you know, the, the ba again, the barriers that we mentioned earlier, when we were growing up, there were certain barriers that the interaction between parents and kids wasn't there. Yeah, you were just not, my parents weren't educated, I had to bring up kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was no information so readily Yeah, there's available. no rule book. Yeah, no. exactly. And their parents were even worse. Yeah. And then knowledge wasn't so easily achievable. Travel was so, I was 13 the first time I flew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was a big yeah. thing, and I remember it was full of smoke. The cabin. Yes. Everybody smoked on the planes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could barely, see, I could, could barely breathe. I think he went to the toilets to get away from the smoke. <laughs> yeah, they just say whatever you do, don't smoke in the toilets. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Tried being in, in, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. No, very true. Yeah. Terrible. I remember. That's not when, that long ago. You no, know, when Tony Blair came, I think it was Tony Blair. So I said, stop smoking in public places. There was like a big revolution. Yes. Do you yeah. remember? And yeah. it was just a right thing to do. I, do you remember in the UK? Everywhere shut on Sundays. Yeah. And uh, opening hours were nine to six. It was like a big thing that if they're going to be open like 12, 24 hours or a big thing that they were going to have seven day opening. Oh, I, I still remember being yeah. typically British and expecting as we are. Mm -hmm. I remember being here 12, 18 months, right? We'd smashed the business to a point of acquisition. So the first bit, the first business I came out here for was my own. Set it up, created it, acquired by the PLC in 18 months. Gone back to the UK to celebrate, and I actually flew in on a Sunday, which I never normally do. Yes. And flew in on a Sunday, and we've got into London at one o'clock. Get the hire car down to Paul by four o'clock. I'm like, yay! Lola's Litland, you know, dropped her with Nanny and said, there you go, Nanny. I'm just going to go down the shops. I didn't even get an I didn't even listen to her. She was saying stuff on the way out. I didn't even listen. I'm just like, right, come on then, let's get down the shops. Let's go and get some champagne and, you know, let's celebrate. And I get to, all, all the stores are shut. Yeah. It's four o'clock. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, Sunday, four o'clock. Do you remember in the UK, there used to be a corner shop with an old lady working there. There was always a, I remember going, uh, in the, Mrs. Lines. You used to cycle to this corner shop, and there's this old woman, and he has a belly. Ding! He open it, and the back doors open. The husband's watching a uh, TV on a couch. She gets off the couch and comes and serves you a bag of Maltesers for ten pence. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? But wonderful. But you know what? The noise. I, I loved it actually because she knew you. She oh, knew me. You're right. going to get into a subject that's really close to my heart. Now. Yeah, say it. My granddad. Um, I want to make sure that as a parent I pass on knowledge transfer to my kids about my life, okay? It's things that I've learned in my life, whether they, they may switch off to it, they may be bored to it. And I had one of the best tutors, I was blessed with one of the best tutors. My granddad served in the Second World War, he did something, he didn't. He joined up, he, he didn't know he was going to end up going to war. He, you know, obviously when you join up there's a 50-50 chance. Did you meet him? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, no, we were very close, very close. 
And uh, in the Second World War, he, he actually was missing in action in North Africa for three months. He got distinguished service orders. He got some really serious medals for having to get back. And Where did he go for three months? Um, in the desert. He was stuck in the desert. Was it like in the bar or something? No, there were no bars there. You had Cairo <laughs> yeah, 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 and that yeah, yeah. was it, you know? Everything and obviously the Sunday. Germans went for that because wow. they could drink. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> They put their towels down first. Wow, but yeah. so he went missing in action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, missing in action yeah, and wow. assumed dead. And By um, himself? They were in a group, they were in a group and they were attacked. Wow. And he was the only survivor, yeah. Um, Did he share the story with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. You know, in a positive way. And I, wow. I got him to thank for, all the, for my positive mental wow. attitude. Wow. You know what? Every story he told me about the war, right, and including that one, always had a positive slant on it. There was never any any blood and guts or Victim anything. mentality, yeah, poor me. Victim mentality, none of that at all. It was all positive, you know? And, you know, he'd gone to war, his wife was six months pregnant, he never saw, you know, never saw his kid. And then came out of the war, you know, 45, everybody's on their way, our boat's home, and he's still missing an action, and all this kind of stuff, it's like, wow. Never once said anything bad about it. You know, at the end of the day, when I arrived, my wife was there, the home office had managed to get hold of her and met, let her know It's a real man though, isn't it? That's a real man. God, yeah. And then when, and then say the stories, I mean, towards the end, bless him, you know, for, I, but every Saturday, I was 25, 26, 27, 28, every Saturday I would go and sit with him for three to Listen four to hours him. when everyone was in the pub, you know, because I wanted that whole knowledge transfer thing you know, I think more kids' parents should take them to old people's homes. Yes, that interaction. And also, they need to share. They need to talk. Because they won't believe it. Yeah. It would be like a story when you're six, seven, or eight, and you're listening to, you know, fairy stories. When you're a kid. you go, you cast your eye back to when you were listening to that yourself, and you're like, wow, you, your mind opens up to imagination. You know, all of those creative things that we no longer do. You know, and creative thinking is one of my skills because when I come to having a solution I come up with a solution because I've addressed the problem and then I'm looking at my I'm I'm expanding my mind and I get I'm sucking on the knowledge that I've had throughout my life to be able to give me and obviously you know so give me three skills of a successful salesperson Um, the win-win so it's not about me, me, me. It's making sure the client wins. Yeah. And of course, you win also. Absolutely. But right. if the client wins first, inevitably you will win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so as long as you don't do it for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Second and third. But even then, you know, as, as is the mentality here, the first deal's for nothing anyway. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't have to be. Which is wrong. Which is wrong. Because it's not adding enough value. Absolutely right. Yeah. You're yeah. just going on price. See, and again, when I come back to that reference point of the four, the, the four, just using four areas. You can refer to it in whichever way you want, but ceiling, floor, and walls. You know, I'll give the money away on the ceiling because I know I'm going to make it on the walls and the floor. You know, and that's the overall deal. Second and third skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the second and third skill? First um, one, win-win. Um, it has to be tenacity, never accept no. Yeah. Never accept no. Where does tenacity come from? Um, Part of it is your DNA, but again, it's your mentors, your training, everything else that you've had around you. I think hunger. People. Hunger. You've got to be hungry. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. If you're not hungry, you're not a salesman. Exactly. You're <laughs> satisfied. Why do you yeah, need to yeah. gain? Being out in the comfort zone, you know, puts you in survival modes. All of those kind of things. When you say, "Well, I refer to the twelve-foot wall again," you know, if, if you can find a challenge like that every day, then I sleep very well. Wow. Because I've, I've in my mind, done the I've best closed, you can, and yeah, exactly. exactly, I've done the best I can. I've closed a few doors, made a few deals along the way. You know, I've made people happy. It's I've, the best aphrodisiac, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closing yeah. deals. Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that is, guys, best aphrodisiac. Close deals. Take it from me. I used to have hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the third skill. Um, it has to be you as an individual, your character, being able to get your character across to your... So establish, okay, know you, know yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I, I, I consider... 
That could but be your values. I've got could a be brand. Your positivity. Could I consider myself as a brand now in the way that I've built a, you know, relationships, everything around the people that I work with. Even this weekend, Lola's birthday party, you know, there's 10 mums come, three dads come. You know, they're all warps of life, but I've got six guys that are in the construction and other businesses that I'm, you know. They've become friends. I've been advising on, there's a cross sell there straight away. You know, I've created opportunities for friends created a very big customer yes within three or four days yeah it's like and he, he's actually and people think they gotta like socialize or get to know them for a year or two before they become friends right yeah and you can do it in two three days and you know the funniest thing about that particular project I had it's a four billion dollar project right the client is a client the client so the investor is a client I already worked with previously um, it was very late in payment, so I chose now as it's my business to say to do business. I don't want to do business on this project, and it's now coming down to the final twenty percent. The director of the um, cost consultants on the project are now saying, "We want you. We need you. Not we want you. We need you." Because we're past the budget, we are not going to be able to get our clients' payments. We're not going to be able to go open the store, only 40 per, 48% of the store. I think you pretty store. much name your price now, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, the front, I'd have done it for 5%. There's going to be a delay in actually broadcasting this. So hopefully they won't get to hear this before no, the deal starts. No, say, done. please let me yeah, see what you're going to Let me prove what you're going to send out there, because yeah. there's a lot of detail there. But yeah. at the front yeah. end, I'll be doing it for 5%. Wow. At the, at the back end, I'm now doing it for 50% on my terms, my payment terms, wow. not when I, you'll right. get paid when I'm And experience probably told you that was going to happen. So you probably probably predicted it. Um, you knew it was going to go wrong. And, in, and intuition, an instinct, mm -hmm. not intuition, an instinct. You say you base your, you, you base your, when you get to closing the deals, there's a certain amount of reality there that makes you take it to the point where you say, well, that's the decision I'm going to make. And then, and then your emotions come into it. How do I feel about it? Do I trust this guy? Do you, you know, and then, and then the emotive decision comes in. So I'd say probably 75% of it is fact-based, 25% of it is emotional-based. And it could be based on experience. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 you know, 75% is based on experience and your support, everything yes. else you the, in yes. the supply chain, your manufacturers, you know, all that kind of stuff. So are we, I'm a, am I giving a compliance solution to the customer, you know, from a construction perspective? Yes. So, or am I just selling them a wall? You know, I, mean, I keep referring to walls, but there's there's a lot more to it than it seems. Sure, trust me. Sure. Um, so then, you go like you grab the handle on that door as a confident man. When I go into a meeting, I'm like, I know I'm selling the right solution. If you're not willing to listen, people don't invest in people who are not confident. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, if you're not willing to listen, if you have doubt. I can't take you the water and you make yeah. you drink it. At the end of the day, you know, I can advise you. And then if you're going to come back to me, then it's going to cost you more. <laughs> One of the questions I ask my guests is, if you had to move the clock forward five years, where would you be? Um, I'd, I'd still be here. Location-wise, I'd still be here. Financially, position-wise, employment, shares, company, size of the business, client base. Would you be dealing internationally? Yeah, I would be dealing internationally, definitely. Yeah, the base is strong enough to sustain growth across the Middle East. I've done it. I've been lucky enough to learn it with the PLC. So now I could do it myself. So, because the PLC started off in Dubai and went to Oman, Qatar, Saudi. So I've already been given that training, effectively, how to form companies there, what to avoid them, you know, what, what's the best way to do it because you, you always improve. So, uh, yeah, internationally, I would look to grow the business. Um, personally, I'd like to, I want to look at future-proofing the business. So I'm passing down, I can't contain this experience and not pass it on. You know, I've got to be able to pass it on. I've got to find a way to make it, find the right people. I'm a 
great believer in investing in people. You've got to find we had people. a chat about kind of like you maybe write a book or yep. educate people. Yeah, no, I've already I've already got the first two chapters of the book, so oh, started amazing. it. Need to discipline myself to find the time to keep adding to it. Um, and find a way to keep that passion and that fire alight but at the same time give you know, passing down the experience and giving, giving the same kind of energy within the business um, you know, I'm lucky enough that people who've worked with me you look at me as a mentor they call me Uncle Steve affectionately you know so there's no better accolade Amazing. what about personally would you be in a relationship with so are you interested or do you have time yeah of course I mean if I feel that there's a lot of love you know in the room yeah. and uh, I've, I was single for quite a while uh, after the divorce you know that kind of made me learn to love myself well, if you don't love yourself who's going to love you I didn't love myself before that though there's no doubt yeah I didn't so realize you, you were successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I plunged everything into work. Yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I'm just going to pull the blinkers over and just keep working because I'm good at that. Yeah. Maybe subconsciously you're avoiding yeah, looking at yourself. Yeah, you're just running away yeah. from it. Yeah. And then, you know, when you do find, it's difficult to find the right relationship now because we're in a place where, you know, there's so many different um um, nationalities and cultures and trying to you know it's all my I always refer to it as like the card game where you got the top and the bottom half of the body do you remember well trying to match it yeah we, we were kids we used to play with those you'd yes. scatter them across the floor yes 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 I remember one and you trying to remember you know remember the bottom half of the body and the top half of the body and match it up because yeah. then it was easier to get into a relationship it was, it was. you know and nowadays and you people know what are it was? more individual the old days you had to work at it. And then if you worked at it, because you had to go to the local, whatever, bar or restaurant, meet someone. Here, today, you're a swipe to the left with a thumb or the right. So, and you know, you could be, or I could be, on a, a, a list of dates. So today, I'm the guy. Tomorrow, she's got somebody else. Day after, day after, day after. What chance have you got? When, when, when I went to my first sales mm. course, mm -hmm. they said to me, they said, um, you've got to get the client's attention within the first five minutes. Yes. And I'm like, nowadays, how long do you think you get? Nine seconds. 30 seconds maximum. Yeah. If you haven't got that client on board within 30 seconds, you grab yourself a coffee and go. Yeah, it's as simple as that. First, first um, what's the word? Impressions are everything. Yes. So, be confident. Up, up. Get in there. Get the point across. Yes. You know, and 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 it's funny because I actually did a discussion the other day on behalf of a learning centre that my daughter's at. You know, they were saying we need to do a presentation for KHDA and the Ministry of uh, Education, and they created this presentation. And it was like you. Oh, this is the presentation behind, and I am so and so, and I am the I am this, CEO I am. of this, and I am do I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm like, you've lost the attention of the yeah. viewer immediately. What's for them? I said, I'll do this for you. So I stood up and I went, imagine if you were told your child couldn't go to school tomorrow, and because that happened to me in 2014. So I explained the situation that. You know, my daughter's heavily dyslexic and uh, according to the KSDA regulations at the time, was not allowed to go back any more than three years. So they, she, she dropped off the statistics because they don't want bad statistics. Yeah, exactly. As as and by the way, my name's Steve Day and uh, I advise for these guys because they need, you know, they need sound business advice. Everybody in the room stood up and said, thank you for sharing your, um, your personal, I've got everyone's attention. Yeah. Just saying, felt imagine it. if. And the story was from the heart. It's it? real, it's yeah, real. exactly. It's from the heart to the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something that, you know, and, and this is literally three days before they dropped the bomb about kids not being able to go to school now because of coronavirus and everything else. There are, there are now probably hundreds of thousands of parents 
thinking exactly the same way now. Yeah. What happens if we can't go to school, can't go back to school in, in April? You know, and it's kind of relative how. What's your finally? What's your opinion? By the way, one second. Uh, thank you, Steve. What's going on with the stocks and shares? Uh, let me expect it. It's probably started at minus thirteen. Probably about minus eleven now. It'll go to about eight or nine. And some stocks have plunged 30%. Yeah, yeah. I sold all my stock today. So. What's your opinion about the coronavirus? <laughs> By the way, what's happening with the stocks and shares? It's huge today. Yeah, 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 of course. Friggin' huge. Yeah. Right? Uh, some people see it as disaster, but then some people are smart to go cash, and they're going to buy some big stock now when it's yeah, cheap. I would say another two weeks. They're even going to drop by about 30, 40% over the next 10 days or so. So if you got cash, it's a good time to buy solid stock like Microsoft and, and Amazon and stuff like that. Um, to answer your question in relation to the global economy, yes. I think they're connected. Yes, they are. I think so too. I think it's just a... I think this is the worst act of terrorism. I think so too. That could have Global. Yeah. The rich get richer. The powerful get more powerful. I don't care how you go back to it, conspiracies, Rothschilds, however you want to play Agreed. it. But this is too much of a... And coincidences are no such thing. Things happen for a reason. And today, uh, I think oil prices went down by 20%. Mm. How many countries, oil pro producing countries, are totally screwed now? Selling oil at a loss. It costs them more to get it out of the ground than selling it. Who would have imagined, right? Well, at the last oil crisis you had same thing as stocks and shares you had Saudi because of the land expanse that they've got there and the fact that they are the largest give it away. away. now they were buying it from the North Sea because of the cost of extraction in the North Sea it's so expensive at $38 a barrel when it was actually in the market at $18 a barrel my god because they said okay what you you're gonna shut down if we don't buy it from you. And we've yeah. got enough land, we can store it. Yes. It doesn't go off. Yes. You can re-blend oil. So at the end of the day, they'll just, they'll just keep it. Keep the economy going and then the... Exactly right. And this, and but today they decided to just kill the market. Kill the Russian market, kill the American fracking market, everything. But no, I mean, we could go on. on Interesting times ahead, bro, right? No Interesting longer, times. Oil is not the is not as powerful as it as no, it was. No, Lithium, you know, when you look at why the reason for Afghanistan war kicking off, you know, because it's lithium. lithium was the most power, you know, as far as the US were concerned, they were gonna build um, electric cars. Where who's the biggest miner of lithium? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Where the biggest natural resource is Afghanistan. Whose LPG pipes Russia's LPG pipes run through Afghanistan. So scary, they, isn't it? Scary. You look at what's needed in you know the way the world's going in the next fifty years. Mm -hmm. That's driving the economy. The way I think it's like, um, without being overly political, it's not too different about having like a um, the triads, uh, and you pay them to protect your shop. And if you stop paying them, they either come and damage your shop to teach you a lesson, or they leave it open for everybody else to come and screw your shop. So you yeah. end up needing them. And I think. It's become a bit like that now. I'll pay you, I'll give you my contract, I'll look after you, I'll lose, just protect me and, and keep my base okay. Otherwise, you let other people in and the revolution will start and we lose everything and I'm out of a, out of a job, out of everything. So I think there's a lot of protectionism going, lots of bullying going on. It's, it's yeah, no, corporate bullying. I haven't, been, haven't experienced it myself. Yes, yes. I never thought it would actually happen and I experienced it mm. in a way that but imagine on a world scale. Exactly, I'm, and I'm only an individual. Yeah, you know, I'm not. A, I'm not a, a company, a country. You know, from a global perspective, it's it's ugly. It really is. I ugly. honestly believe if you're going to short stock right now, because it's going to go down, you'll make money, and in about a month or so, buy, mm. buy, they'll double. You'll double your money by the end of the year. Mm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Man, it's an absolute honor having you here. Oh, bless you. And I hope you enjoyed it. Loved it, yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll see you this time next year and keep us in touch with your progress and your success and, 
and I know you're doing amazing things for kids as well. That yeah. you are so humble and honest that you don't tell people. But yeah. I'm absolutely proud of you what you're doing out there. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you next week.